Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. In this episode, this member is new to investing and wants to use it as a vehicle to set up her family's financial future and her retirement. We explore some options she can take during her growth phase of investing. Have a listen. Usually what I try to do is get to know you and see where you're at real estate investing wise. And then I can try to direct you to where to go to on the website to start working on um, the different pieces that you need, as well as like suggest uh, contact, uh, contacts or, um, you know, just other pieces to kind of help you go uh, get going. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about your background in real estate investing up to this point, and then I can help you with some next steps. Yeah, so um, so I got a job out in Durham. I'm originally from here, and uh, we'd been living in Toronto. Um, we had a single detached house, and we were going to sell it. And then we thought, wait, because we bought out here, what if we didn't sell it, <laughs> if we rented it? And the bank said yes. Uh, and then I started reading about real estate investing, going, oh, single family detached home, and like the cash flow is probably not ideal compared to what I can get out here for a lot less mortgage and pull in the same. So we kind of like let go of the, all my kids are born in that house too. So it's like, okay, we just like let go of like, we know where that's coming from. And uh, so we did, um, we did just buy actually in June, um, a duplex in Bowmanville and uh, rented the top floor to my brother-in-law and we're finishing up a reno in the lower and just got some, our lower floor tenants. We listed it um, a couple of weeks ago and just did all our background uh, checks on them and signed a lease with them. What's the uh, upper ten- uh, upper renting for? Uh, the upper, uh, it's a fifteen hundred, but and then the basement we got seventeen seventy five um, plus uh, utilities. Yeah, that sounds more reasonable. <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah, the that number at the bottom, like you know, for upper, is it a three bedroom upper? No, they're both two. Two bedroom, and is it like a single family detached or a semi? It's a semi. It's a semi. Okay. Yeah, you're probably looking at a, about I would say nineteen hundred for a top floor two bedroom, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus utilities as well so um, as long as you're aware of that so that's good um, what's your plan once you so once you've got this pro- property stabilized what's your next step um yeah it's uh it's a good question I mean we do um we both have um my husband's a, a teacher actually you know we do, both do well financially we're both over yeah. 100k and like good pension but yeah we just, I just like realized we could get this property without essentially putting any of our money in because the down payment was our line of credit and like home equity. So just for our kids, we have three kids and we just want to do something like we didn't get help ourselves, but to help them uh, like with a down payment. And then it would be nice if we had another one to help ourselves. <laughs> like we both have pensions, but can always have a nicer retirement rate. Or quicker. Um, so we're sort of like, let's see how this goes. But I guess you know, if, if, um, 
I don't think we'd want more than probably, you know, two or three, neither of us. I know you can do property management, but there's still your own, it doesn't matter. You're putting your own time into it. So. Oh yeah, sure. I heard that before. And then you end up with 10 properties and you wonder what happened, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I totally get it. I, I understand. I have like my background, I've got a master's in ed and I have my principal qualification. Right. But uh, I, I never went down that path. I, uh, I left in 2014 and, um, you know, I've been, you know, it's been great for me anyways. Um, now, when you're thinking about what you want to do here, are you, do you have access to equity that you want to repurpose into another property like you've done in Bowmanville? Um, not yet, I would say. So we've, I mean, we rent out the basement, like. Um, what did you buy the property the for? <laughs> we paid pretty high, uh, six ninety. Okay, and then how much was your rental? Um, our rental was fifteen k. Oh, that's that's not bad. Is it a legal basement or illegal basement? It's illegal, but we're doing the rentals um, to hopefully make it legal. Like we're doing the engine fire alarm, and we want to do the fire doors. And okay, so you're working on getting all of that that done. Okay. That's fine. So then you, so you have into it about seven, let's say like plus closing costs, like seven fifteen K something like that. Yeah. And what do you think the value of the property is right now? Mm -hmm. um, I know, I feel like things have cooled a little bit. Like after we bought, I would say the other things that sold on that street, they're all identical homes, uh, like went for the same. Um, but I don't know, I feel like things have cooled a bit in the summer. The last one that went was definitely like, I think it was like 50 K less for like pretty similar. Um, but you, you know, the difference is that if you make it a legal duplex, that there should be value that's added to it because it's a legal duplex. You can, um, you'll be able to include both rents into your, um, when you're applying for a mortgage, some, some banks won't allow you to include both rents if it's one unit isn't legal. So that's a benefit okay. to you because that'll allow you to boost up your, um, uh, your uh, loan to value. When you're in the growth phase, so if you take a look at um, uh, some of the material in the vault area, you'll see where I talk about the phases of real estate investing. And when you're starting out, you're basically in this growth phase. And in the growth phase, you have low um, cash flow and high leverage. And um, as, as that changes, like as it, you know, it kind of improves, you get higher cash flow and lower leverage over time. It just happens naturally. But what I would suggest you consider doing is that if and when your upper unit tenants turn over and you put like a, a regular tenants in there, go through the due diligence process, um, make sure you go through the property management course that's there. There is a five hour course on property management in the, um, the start area. It's called uh, property management key policies and procedures. It goes through all the, everything you need to know, like the top 20% of what you need to know for it. Uh, managing properties in Ontario, whether you hire a property manager, property manager or not, you should go through it because like, I mean, it, it will give you what you need to, to get going. Um, so that once you've got that done, what I suggest you do is you refinance the property in year two. So if they do turn over and let's say in year two, they 
leave and you put in regular tenants in there, your um, mortgage or your your rent will probably be eighteen hundred, let's say, conservatively um, for that. So that's a gross rent of like close to thirty nine hundred. Uh, what would your cash flow be on that? Um, on that um, new new yeah amount. yeah I know yeah that would, I would be four fifty four fifty because when month. I we, yeah when I put in eighteen hundred we were three fifty including like you know vacancy and, and property like maintenance I didn't put in property manager in that yeah um, but yeah without that okay so one of the things that I, what you might what I would say is that it frees up if you were to do that next year it frees up enough equity so that you could, what's your, your current mortgage on that property, that mortgage amount? Like um, that. Yeah, we have a variable at 1.59. Perfect. But uh, what's the total um, mortgage? Payment? 20% down or less? 20%. Yeah. So I include the 20% in our costs. I know not everyone, I don't think that's typical, but because we put it on the line of credit, um, I do include that in like our financing. So yeah, the mortgage, I think it's 1950. And then the other part is like around 450, I think for our down payment. For your line of credit. Okay. So what, what I, what I'm going to suggest you do is that in year two, you go back, you refinance the property, you use the funds to pay back your line of credit because it's a secure line of credit. Anyways, you'll probably be able to access, um, how much did you, did you take about 80 K or probably higher actually? Yeah, we took 150. It's, it's on our home. Uh, it's a secure line of credit. It's on our home, our primary, but yeah, we took 150. 150. Okay. So what, what I'm going to, do you have on the duplex, do you have also like a secure line of credit on it as well? What, what product? Uh, we do. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. So what I'm going to suggest you do is that you access like in year two, because it's a variable, which is perfect. You're able to do this. What you can do is you can get them to give you a new mortgage at the higher amount. Don't just take it as a line of credit. Okay, they're going to want you to take it as a line of credit. Don't take it as a line of credit. Take it as uh, boosting up your principal balance up to what you can take. Use the funds to pay back your line of credit on your principal residence, and then that frees up the funds. But still put it as um, like, um, like a HELOC-type product on the uh, on the duplex, okay? So that as you pay down the principal, just like you've done now, right? Do the same thing on the um, on the uh, the new mortgage. You should be able to free up. I would say probably like um, eighty to one hundred k off of that, which should give you enough funds to also purchase another property. Um, I would think so that that will be able to free up the like uh, the room to do it, and then give you that next property that you're looking for. Um, uh, and it, I mean, there is a little bit of time that you have in between now and then. Um, there are different things and strategies you can do with your funds while you're waiting for that to happen. But uh, what I would suggest is that at, uh, you're just starting out, make sure you read the or go through the course, your first three properties. Okay. okay. I don't know if you've started that yet. Um, no, I started on, I finished the um, vacancy uh, toolkit book and i i uh, watched the meeting on the talking about um 
like vetting tenants basically, which were both really helpful. Yeah. They, and they're really good. Um, you know what? Um, if you don't want to go through the process yourself, but I encourage you to do it the first couple times, but at some point, like you're going to get busy and that's where you can like rely on other property management um, services in the area to help you out. And some yeah. of them will just do tenant placement, right? Yeah. I tried to get them to do that for me uh, just to like vet it, but they wouldn't, but they were so generous with their time. I mean, yeah. like a 20 minute phone call giving me advice. Like it was really, um, yeah, they were lovely. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good people. So that, that, that's good. I'm glad that they did that. So then what I would suggest is to go into that five hour course on property management, take your time, you know, go through it. Um, you know, some people use it as like when they come up with a problem, then they watch the video. Uh, but like, it's up to you how you, how you want to do it, but that will be a good way of doing it. Um, the other thing is in the vault section, there is a course on um, that has really done well for people. It's called, um, what is it called? Getting higher appraisals. Okay. Okay. It's, it's a mini course, but um, I had, I just had somebody who had done uh, gone through it prepared an appraisal package, gave it to the appraiser. Uh, she was thinking she was going to get 425 as an appraisal. She got 480 as the appraisal. So it wow. does make a difference. Um, and um, there's strategies in that getting higher appraisals. So when you get to, I suggest you look at, look through it anyways, because you have the time to do it and uh, take a look at the sample package that's there. And then that way, you know, how to set yourself apart from everybody else. Most people will never do this, right? But you don't want to be most people. You want to be the, you want to be a professional and you want to set yourself above other people so that, you know, you make the appraiser's job easier and it helps you to get a higher appraiser, which in the end will help you to purchase another property. And right. honestly, and there's two, there's a lot of times when we get paid in this business, we get paid in cash flow. Okay. We get paid when we sell a property, um, but we try not to do that very often. The, what's better than selling a property is the appraisal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's when we get paid. So really you want to do a good job kind of getting yourself ready for that appraisal, doing the appraisal, and then that's when you get paid. And sometimes like you might think, okay, well, I'm going to get hundred K you might up with, end up with 150 K pay back your entire line of credit and you can do it again. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. even if you did one of these a year, like you could shorten your timeline for when you want to retire. You could have extra funds for vacations. Uh, I don't know if you get like summers off, but I know that like as an administrator, you know, he would have a little bit more flexibility during the summer. So there'd be like, you know, opportunities to take like longer vacations. Like there's just so much that ends That's up happening. My husband. I just have three weeks. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I had five weeks and I, anyway, I quit. I got a job out here and I, some, I wonder <laughs> now, but anyway, um, I did want to ask you, so sure. we, cause we're meeting with um, the bank on Wednesday. We were going to, like, we were looking at refinancing to basically wrap the line of credit back into the mortgage on our like house um, right. to get the better rate. And yeah, I mean, it seems like the paper trail is getting a little bit complicated, maybe. I don't know, we'll see, like, in terms of, like, being able to write that off still. But is there, 
like uh, a reason why it would be more beneficial to to write it off with refinancing of the rental versus wrapping it into our primary yeah you, you you're mixing the funds from one that's deductible to non-deductible right um another way to do it and sorry i keep pointing out videos but there's a video on the smith maneuver have you ever heard of that uh i yeah but i can't yeah i know i, I read it, but yeah i can't remember. can't remember you go into the vault the very first uh quick result is called the smith maneuver what what it does is it allow it's um a strategy that allows you to turn your non-deductible debt, which is the interest on your mortgage, to make it tax deductible. Okay. okay yeah. Right. Now, you, one of the things that you've done where you, you don't realize it is that you've actually started that process. So yeah, we, we kind of did. We sort of did do it in like because when we sold, we sold very well. We bought for under five in Toronto, and we sold for one point one seven years later. Mm -hmm. which is what enabled us to kind of start this. So we sort of did realize like, oh, we can have the lower mortgage, like, and, and, or like have higher and have cash in hand or like line of credit. So that's why I'm like, I think I've heard, I think I just heard of it, but then I'm now I'm here and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, okay. Let, just listen carefully. Okay. okay. The 150 K the interest on it is tax deductible, right? Yeah. Okay. Now let me give you an idea here. Okay. What if, you remember in next year, we said we're going to refinance the property and get 150, let's say between 100 and 150 K. Instead of putting it on the line of credit, why, why would you not put it on the principal of your um, existing mortgage, right? Then once that becomes available on your line of credit, right? Then you use that line of credit to buy a second property. Then that part of the line of credit becomes tax deductible as, as well. Because mm -hmm. both of you are in the, you, ha you have to also think of it this way. And you need to talk to an accountant. I'm not an accountant. But yeah. one of the things that you need to remember that every dollar you get and earn, you're paying close to 50% on in taxes. So mm -hmm. when you have the line of credit, that's actually, let's say, let's say on that line, because the interest on it is quite low anyways, but let's say on $100,000, you, you're paying, let's say $5,000. That $5,000 is interest is actually being, you've already uh, uh, accounted for it in the rental property, but it's lowering your taxes by $5,000. So you're actually getting $2,500 more in tax money back, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something that you want to consider. You should like really talk to um, an accountant just to like make sure that, you know, the, all the pieces are in place, but that could be very lucrative for you as a tax deduction, right? Um, especially if you take from the, the refi, put it on your principal and then access it again, you're basically converting your non-deductible debt to deductible debt, right? And that instead mm -hmm. of, like then the next year, if you did, you did it, bought a property and then, you know, the same process, you're basically converting your principal residence into deductible debt. Now, what you can do is once you've done the whole process and it's all line of credit, then you go back and get a new mortgage. It's clean because all of it has been deducted and then the interest would be all tax deductible, right? The principal wouldn't, but the interest would. I know it's, okay. it's a lot of steps. Eh? Yeah. 
yeah. I guess, yeah, because that's why we're sort of like, I was thinking if we wrapped it back in and refinanced in the house, we could deduct it, but it gets too messy, I guess. When yeah, we back in. Well, how do you know which is deductible, which part is, unless you can com compartmentalize it into two mortgages. The, right. And this, like, you don't want to mess with the CRA, like. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to be audited, so. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that you need to consider before you do the wrap. I know that the rate is lower uh, and you have a, a variable rate mortgage anyways. So you may be able to just, you know, see if they can give you uh, the lower rate. How long have you been in the mortgage for? Uh, we just, um, just January, no, when did we, yeah, just January for our house. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, you know what, it may not be worthwhile just because you're getting the tax deduction, it would offset any benefit that you get from a lower interest, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's one of the things, and this is like, I like this stuff. I like, this is my like creative stuff is, is like what I do, right? So when I think about this, I think that you may be actually worse off by combining it because you're not getting the tax deduction anymore, which would yeah. offset any interest rate savings that you have. Yeah, I read numbers last night. I'm an economist, so I had some fun with that too. I'm like, yeah, it is better to leave it in the line of credit and get a break if I'm going to lose the break by wrapping it into a lower rate, even yeah. though, yeah, yeah. Uh, so something yeah. to think about as you, as you go forward. Um, I guess like just as we, we wrap up here, a couple of things like um, one is um, make sure that you join us on the Q&A calls because we do that twice a month. I'm going to be announcing oh, those calls okay. um, uh, probably later this afternoon. Um, so they're, they're great for networking to meet other people in the area who are investing. And um, if you can find somebody who's just a couple years ahead of you and, you know, you just become friends and you know go out for drinks or whatever it is that really helps you gain the confidence to be able to do it because like when I when I started I didn't know anybody and that was really the hardest part right um, yeah. once you start to find other people to do it and you don't feel so alone it makes it a lot easier um, the other thing is is to make sure to take advantage of the video materials there's a lot of um, resources that are on there we've got discounts for different services you know, like I've worked really hard to, to get those and they're, they don't cost you anything. So just take advantage of them that they're there. And um, if you want to do something specific, go through the roadmaps. So the roadmaps help you like mindset is a big one. I know it, sometimes people think that it's like woo, woo stuff, but it's not like it makes a big difference. Right. Um, you know, depending on how you, you do things. Um, there's stuff on renovations, accessory apartments, property right. management, landlord tenant board, joint venture relationships, using corporations, multifamily properties, vacation rentals, student rentals. It's all in there, rent to own. So take, go through it and it just helps you to go through a lot of the material that's on there. Um, well, it was, it was nice meeting you. Do you have any other questions yeah. or anything that I can kind of address? Um, uh, I was sort of looking for someone to help me do the like to hire somebody basically to make sure I didn't miss anything on the path to legalization I don't know if they're I had someone from Toronto I feel like they didn't know Durham well enough 
Yeah, I'll send you uh, a couple of planners that can help you. So they're drafts, local draftsmen who um, will be less, ex they're, sorry, they're draftsmen, not planners, which will be less expensive than going with the planner, but they, they go through the process. So they'll look at your layout. It'll probably cost like between a thousand and two thousand dollars. And they basically yeah. make sure that, you know, this is the legalization of it. They'll, some of them will apply for permits for you. Like it depends on your comfort level. Have you, um, are you okay with applying for permits or would you like somebody to help you? That's the other piece. Uh, I'm okay to apply for them. Yeah. yeah. So, so then one, one company will be a little bit easier to work with than the other because they'll just do the plans and then you just go through the permit process. Right. And they'll point out anything that, like they'll come in, they'll measure, they'll take a look what you have, and then they'll point out the things that you need to do in order to legalize it. And that will be it. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I feel like everyone's been so uh, generous uh, with me. Like the more I learn, the more I, I learn that I need to learn, Like, <laughs> but it, it's good. Yeah, that's so okay. Thank you that's... really, I appreciate, I appreciate it very much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to my conversation with our member. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. If you would like to create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing, make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quentin D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to GetRealWealthy.com.